Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Giving Hope Podcast. On today's show I have returning guest Ruth Hahn. We dig into the topic of social media and our kids. As we know this is a very sensitive subject for a lot of people but I believe it is a very timely and purposeful subject and I know you're going to enjoy the topic. Please sit back and listen to Hope with Ruth Hahn. Thank you um, for joining us and welcome to the Giving Hope podcast again. (laughs) It's so great (laughs) to hear from you and I'm really excited about um, talking about this subject. It's been weighing on my heart and I'm just so excited for you to be here. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Angela. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, this has been such a great journey of, uh, of course, I, like I've said, I, I watch your videos all the time because I'm still c- somewhat raising. I have a almost 17 year old now and um, watching your videos, it, it, it does, it's like twofold for me. It, one, it encourages me that, okay, I did some really good things. Okay, I'm on the right track. I, <laughs> I didn't fail completely as a parent. <laughs> and then also, but it also equips me with um, practical um, advice to give towards um, younger moms that are in mm-hmm. my circle and a place to lead them because I send people to you all the time. Um, oh, so I, I'm just, I'm just really thankful and I'm really excited about kind of digging into this topic because it is a topic that hit home hits home for me um we've struggled with uh social media and all the voices that are kind of just playing out there and they have I don't know it's just gotten louder Mm. but on the same note I've noticed that ministry has amped up have you noticed that in, in just like watch what you see in on social media that ministry is kind of just has taken off all these different little facets of, mm. I mean, I get fed a lot in my suggested feeds, right? Um, right ministry right. things, of course, I guess, because mm-hmm. of what I just generally, generally tend to look at, but I would agree. So, and, mm-hmm. but what has stuck out to me, that's a little bit more on the scarier side is there are just huge theological differences between people. And so that's what I notice. And that's really scary to me at times, of course, Mm -hmm. because I have certain theological leanings and certain ways of how I view scripture and things like that. But if that's, if it's social media, if TikTok and Instagram is how people are getting their religious training, because let's (laughs) say they didn't grow up in religious homes or things like that, or they themselves don't read the Bible, like that's really scary to me. And, um, Mm -hmm. and in fact, I still remember it was only about a couple months ago. It was during when I was sick with COVID and I was on social media a lot because I couldn't do anything (laughs) else. And so I was looking and then this one feed, this one um, Instagram post was suggested to me and I looked at it and because, and it caught my eye because it said, um, you know, any idiot would know if they knew their Bible that God yeah. uh, approves of abortion, that he, oh. he says abortion is okay. And I'm like, what? what? And I read, <laughs> but then they gave their references. They're like, if you knew this, if you knew that. And, I, and then I went straight wow. into the comments because I was like, I've read the Bible. I don't know where it says that, but I read, I went right to the comments <laughs> 
Yeah. And in the comments, and there were a lot of comments, and this was a pretty big um, social media account, people were like, yeah, like those idiots, they don't know their Bible. And I'm mm. like, do you? And it was just this certainty. But then because I went back and I looked up the scripture that they were referencing, but you see, people don't mm -hmm. even do that. Right. But I went back and right. I looked at it and I'm like, that's not what they're talking about. And <laughs> it was just, talk you know, it was talking about like when the Israelites when a husband questioned his wife's unfaithfulness, you know, back right. in the Old Testament, and they would take right. her to the priest, and the priest would give her this drink, and this drink mm -hmm. would, if she was with child, it mm -hmm. it would it would make her stomach. In, in I can't remember right, and yeah. it was just saying that that's what it was, and I'm like, this is what people are reading. They're reading the social media accounts, and they're not even looking at the scripture, right? And that's right. what I find more prevalent than anything it's just really yes. just all over the place it really really is i have noticed that exact same thing and i've had to ask my kids the same like have you noticed this they're like oh yeah and they would come up to me and ask me these questions like i didn't know this was in the bible um what was one of the instances um that they were, they were hinting to, oh yes, they were hinting to the um, fact of the relationship between David and Jonathan. Mm -hmm. They were adding relationship dynamics that weren't there. Assuming yes. that it was, David was bisexual. Yes. And I've then, uh, and all, just insanity and i had to sit them aside and just reassure them because they're like but this is what how you and how we've always taught it i'm like because today's society doesn't see a friendship a true male friendship an iron sharp and iron friendship as how god designed it anymore their eyes are so scaled over that all they see is a distorted view that if a man has a friendship that's this um secure and this close then it must be gay it right. can't be it obviously it can't be a, a man's man have an open relationship because masculinity is so toxic masculinity is so this mm -hmm. and so that narrative that plays out that satan twist in our kids mind just taking a simple thing that growing up i never thought of it ever Never, mm -hmm. ever, ever had it ever crossed my mind. I just thought, man, they're just like, you know, I thought of them as like a three musketeers type situation or like I had all these other references in my mind that I compared it to. But now they take the simplest scripture, just like with the quote unquote abortion. It's like you have to think back in the day. Of course, they're not going to teach this because they mm -hmm. want to teach their own narrative. Back then, when you think of Moses having to get these ceremonial, um, dietary, all these different laws, the amount of people that, that fled out of Egypt, mm -hmm. it wasn't just Jews. It wasn't just the tribes of Israel. It was right. Ethiopians. They were people from, um, Jericho. There were people from, you know, uh, just Nineveh. There were people from all over that worshiped all kinds of gods that had all kinds of ways of handling things. So I think I see it as, if, if you're listening and you have heard this too, <laughs> if you heard what Ruth said about abortion in that, in that Levitical law, you have to think of the culture of the day. You have to think, what was Moses up against? When you had people who were willing to burn their babies and eat them, you had mm -hmm. people who were, who, if a woman was called an adult, adultery, God knows what they 
would have done to her, drawn mm-hmm. and quartered her or sold her or even worse, right. the, the balance that God created to make these people one people in order to take all of their traditions and all of their viewpoints and all of their history and make them kind of be com- like a, a comfortable with, okay, this is, this is a compromise for me. I can, I can do that, you know, because traditionally for the last however thousand years, we've done it this way. But yeah, I, I can see how this is a little bit more, you know, humane, a little mm-hmm. bit more understanding. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, but like people, people those, don't, people yeah, don't teach people that. People do not know. People do not. They seem to think that the current culture is, is like the moral judgment of the world. And like, they're looking at everything in the past <laughs> yes. through now and they mm-hmm. have no idea of what history and what people are really like, <laughs> you know, like right. back then. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And everything, yes. everything was about protecting, protecting people Very and just like, so. and getting them to stop hurting each other. Yes, very much so. We had this conversation of, again, going back to Old Testament, where God wipes out, tells the um, children of Israel to wipe out all of them. Don't leave anything, mm-hmm. not even That's a right. goat. That's right. You know, don't, leave, don't leave anything. Don't take anything. Mm-hmm. And the boys had a big issue with that. They were like, well, why would he say that? Why would he do that? I said, how many times do you hear people say if they could go back and kill Hitler as a child, they would? Yeah. As like, because you're on the other side of right. this child right. as a man mm. killing millions mm-hmm. for the sake of a twisted ideology. Now right. imagine a whole people who believe that wiping out anybody, it's, they, don't, they don't give that kind of mercy. Like in, yeah. in Hitler's twisted mind, he thought he was being merciful. Right. You know, <laughs> it's like that. This is that kind of thing. God knows. God knows exactly where every man, woman and child is going to end up being. Right. We mm-hmm. don't. Again, right. like you said, we see it through the lens of today's standards and we don't understand how evil. Much so much evil and such distorted views because we don't have, they didn't have the laws, the Geneva codes and, and all the things <laughs> right, that, right, that right. we have, that we have today, the order of war and stuff like right, that. They didn't right. have that. Yeah. Yeah. People you know? have no idea. People have no idea. None whatsoever. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. And some extensive study. So whatever you're, um, whenever you're talking to parents or, you know, um, I w- out of the questions that I was going to ask you today, you know, we both raised our children. Of course, you know, I have a younger one that's in social media, but not really. We try to limit it as much as possible because of stuff like this. It's hard to know what to eat and what not to eat. Um, how, mm-hmm. how do parents kind of safeguard their kids from that level of toxicity and mm-hmm. To, Because, you know, they're going to let them have a Facebook page. They're going to let them do certain things, especially if they've allowed it at a young age. But how do you protect your kids from such an onslaught of crazy information? <laughs> um, it would be to do kind of like what you're doing, definitely, mm-hmm. of an open communication where your kids feel comfortable enough to come and talk to you. That is always going to help. And I'm mm-hmm. just going to be truthful I'm not going to skirt around it and be like, well, mm-hmm. you can do this and you can try that and have the, f- you know, have them put the phone in your room at night. I'm just <laughs> going to tell you that straight up, straight out, that there's no easy answer other than to not allow it. 
Um, mm-hmm. And even that, I realize what that means and how that sounds and how hard that is. So I'm not recognized, but there really is no other way around it. There, because like, especially as soon as the algorithms figure out it's a kid, like the things that they push oh, forward, yeah. you're just, how can you stop that as a parent? Your kids are going to see it. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, my boys are 23, so a lot of it is out of my hands. Thank goodness at this point it's between them and God that they have to deal with this, but they will go on their feed with me. Like they'll just show me what they're doing. I'm not looking to, um, to censor them or anything, but it's shocking to me what's on their for you page. It's not who they're following, but on their for you page and how the algorithm just keeps pushing out because like my one son, he looks at um, bodybuilding, like he wants to exercise and, mm-hmm. and he's also um, an auditor. He works for a big four accounting firm. So he looks at a lot of like work things, like work memes, like people going like, yes. oh, what it's like working from home as you're changing your computer, like that kind of thing. So they yeah. pick up, he's a man, right? Right. And, like what they're putting forward. And then I look at even for women, for young ladies, and I know that I like in the past, I think at the beginning of the year, when I was on, um, when I had COVID and I was looking at social media a lot, I even said at that point, I'm not even going to use any filter. Um, and I did that. I mm-hmm. used filters before only because to get on, I don't wear a lot of makeup. And in order to try to just make it easier for me to become, to do my social media thing, which I started originally to lay down the foundation for business and things like that and mental health right. and t- talking to parents. Um, I used a, like a very light filter because I'm like, then I don't have to worry about my makeup. <laughs> and so that was my excuse. Like, <laughs> it's just easier for me to just click it on after a long day and just keep going. But then I began mm-hmm. to see what this is really showing the kids. Like I have already very nice skin. I'm very happy with my skin. I take good care of my skin, but it mm-hmm. looks perfect on the screen. And it's <laughs> yeah. not that it doesn't look like that. And that's not normal. And so I even did that. And so with the young women, what I see are these impossible standards of physical beauty. But then the other thing is an emotional wanting that it keeps feeding into because as women, um, we are drawn by like fantasy and story and like stories of love and like what a boyfriend or a husband is supposed to do for us. And it's just and I do think that that's a problem that women have. Yeah. And it feeds into it for our younger, our younger girls. Mm-hmm. And so that's where, how do you avoid that? How can right. you avoid it other than to just turn not it have them? Oh, yeah, just mm-hmm. to not have it. I realize yeah. what that means. Like, for example, it was easier for me because my kids were, um, you know, it wasn't as, it was around, but it wasn't as intense as it is now. Plus they were homeschooled. <laughs> So yeah. like, it's not like they were saturated in it at school. So I get it. I don't know what I would do if my kids were in school with the social media and all that. Oh my gosh, um, no. The only other thing I could think of is that if you allow them to have it, allow them to have it on your phone so you could look at it together. So like, That's smart. Because, mm-hmm. because the other thing with kids is that they do want, and you don't, and like, because I homeschooled my kids, I didn't want to say no to everything. So there were a lot of things like I, you have to kind of decipher, is this, is this something that I am willing to die on. Like, is this a hill I'm willing to die on? Right. Right. Like this thing versus that thing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so you have to make that choice. And one of those was I did get my daughter a phone, I think, when she was like 14, 15. I talked about this once. I did get it for, I didn't technically have to, but like all oh, the kids at church, it was church. It wasn't even <laughs> school, right? All the kids at church had <laughs> one. And she, yeah. Yeah, and she was already kind of like, you know, a little on the fringe because she was homeschooled and all that. And I just didn't want to make it worse. So I got that for her. But there were a lot of um, lockdowns and rules on that phone. Mm-hmm. And so one of the, if I knew everything I knew now and I could take it back and I had another child to raise, I would try to keep them off of it. And if, but if it was just too intense where they felt left out and all that kind of stuff, then I would um, try to see if we could work a thing where it would be on my phone and they could right. scroll through it certain times through the day. It's on my phone. So they know what's going on, but they're, they don't have full access to it. That's all I could think of because I have yes. parents who, pay thousands of dollars to companies to try to lock down their internet and all of that. And I haven't really found any, um, anything that works well, you know, right. like, like it causes problems for the parents, Wi-Fi for work or, um, the kids find mm. ways around it. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. That is so true. And it just, it always amazes me how young people are starting to allow their children and exposing them to, videos and being on social media um at such such a young age and you know i like the i always like the little videos of the little girls talking about her meal and i'm like oh adorable because i remember when my kids were little and it's a nostalgia thing for me but then i always pause and think what is this creating in their head what Mm. kind of reality are you creating for your child when you expose them to the world, mm-hmm. you know, where it was just a neighborhood kid growing up and the kids that you went to school with. Now it's literally someone in Japan, someone in, you know, Russia, someone in Brazil are commenting yep. on who you are and what you look like. And, you know, oh, it, yeah. the psychological Scary. damage. And I don't think we really truly have seen what's going to come to fruition because of this, mm-hmm. what kind mm-hmm. of society we are creating because of this. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, Oh no, you're a hundred percent right. We don't know. We no. don't know what it's like. And it is just, I keep learning all the time mm-hmm. about all of these apps and things that kids to do kids do to talk to strangers all over <laughs> And yes. I am just like, oh my goodness. Like I find, I, I feel like I'm a little tech savvy in terms of social media and stuff, but there's still things that I don't know. And mm-hmm. I do have, um, I do have one, I, I, you know, I, I had a client once where it was an eight year old and the things that they were picking up, it was, and they were like, I'm like, where did you learn that? TikTok? Where did you learn that? Oh. TikTok? I'm like, oh, and it's sad <laughs> because what happens too, though? is that they're just not as creative in many ways because Mm -hmm. it's still so fed to them, like even how to socialize, how to joke with each other. And yes, kids tease each other, how to tease each other. Like everything is a mimicry. Like they mimic everything that they're just picking up and they don't come Mm -hmm. up with their own jokes. They don't come up with their own, you know, taunts even, if you even want to say that, because it's going to happen. Like kids will be like, oh, that's ugly or this and that. But like right. they, they have absolutely no creativity. They just mimic what they say. Um, mm-hmm. And it's crazy because a lot of times they don't even know what they're saying. Right. right. 
That is the truth. That so, is so yeah. true. I'm like, man, what's what's going to happen? Yeah, like when this child is 15, 20 years old. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever um, our boys were a lot younger, it, we noticed that whenever YouTube was at its big epic you know, start launching, um, they would watch, of course we would watch it with them because we're just that we're those kind of parents. (laughs) And so we, we watched a lot of the videos with them and, but we started to notice later on in conversation, if they responded to each other, it, the response was what that guy on YouTube, how he responded to his friends, you know what I'm saying? Like the nicknames that they would come in, like the catchphrases, um, Uh the, even just like their, their apathy that they're like whatever or uh-huh. which was even crazier to me my nephew is this way my youngest is a little bit like this too he still is he'll he has to narrate the situation so if it's <laughs> like if I bring home you know a, a new meal he's like well let's see and I'm like I didn't ask you like uh-huh. you don't have to say anything just say thanks mom or uh-huh. walk away why do you have to narrate every little thing like you're commenting or stitching a video it's the weirdest weirdest thing Uh but then I would notice I'm like I think that's all you know how how to talk so we had to pull them away for we have we have these seasons where we pull them away and I'm like you can't have your phone and they are used to it now where it's like, okay, it's that time of year. It's time to pull away from the devices. You can't look at this. I want you to have a real conversation. We're coming back to the table because we have such busy lives. We barely sit as a family mm. around the table and eat. Um, and so we're like, okay, we're going to be more intentional. Sundays after dinners, we have three times a week. We're at the table laughing, no phones, mm. nothing in our hands. We're going to talk. And it, can't include the internet mm-hmm. and what we saw on a social media platform. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is a no go because yeah. it is just, it has absorbed our lives it has, to where it's it like, has. we don't know how to act without it. Yeah, no, I know. And it's so concerning. It's just, um, like if they're not learning and their minds are not being challenged during mm-hmm. these young developmental influent, influential stages, like what does that mean for them as adults? Right. And that's where I'm right. just like, I don't know. And that's so scary. Yes. Yes. That perfectly rolls into the next question I wanted to ask you is like, how do you, how do you as a parent, like I know my kid, you know, your kid, but some parents are so detached or they don't see it, the, the influence for what it is. So now that like, if they listen to this and they say, okay, yeah, okay. I need, I need to start paying more attention. What are some markers or some things that you can say, this is a red flag that you need to look out for, um, that your child is being overly influenced in a negative way by social media and, um, what's out there in this world. I mean, I think there are socialization issues, high anxiety mm-hmm. levels, depression. Um, it just And what that looks like in terms of the anxiety is they're so focused on 
themselves and how other people are perceiving them or are they cool enough are, or they're trying so mm -hmm. hard to come up with something to be social media worthy but ultimately it comes down to when they have detox from it if you actually take away the social media for a while what mm -hmm. happens to them right like do yeah. they be, do they have those withdrawal type of symptoms like you know they get antsy or agitated um they're stressed out they don't know what to do they might get upset they have like emotional highs and lows and it's kind of things like that then i'm mm -hmm. just saying that at that point you really have to do something serious or they start acting out in anger and you you start fighting you know mm -hmm. like all of those things like extreme behaviors and those are all normal within people, but, but there, we teach our kids how to manage them as they're growing so that as adults, they know how to manage it because you can't, yeah. it's, it's much harder to teach an adult. Right. And right. so like when those things are all happening and that's also why it's like when kids are saying like, Oh, I'm bored. And the parents feel like as if that's so terrible, like it's a reflection upon them that they're terrible parents, that their kid is bored. It's okay. <laughs> It's okay they're bored. Yeah. It's okay they got to figure out how to play by themselves and things like that. Those are healthy things that we mm -hmm. all need and the brain needs to develop. And so at that point, if they are completely unable to do it, um, you just keep going. You have to almost mm -hmm. like reparent them and let them be without it and see what happens. And you will know. I think you'll know pretty quickly if there's a problem because if they go through yeah. all those withdrawal symptoms. But I'll tell you that I've had kids – where the parents might not have known, but they were struggling so much with anxiety. So then the parents got more strict, like, okay, then I'm taking the phone away by eight o'clock or things like that. And the, mm -hmm. and the kids are generally, at least the ones I see, I guess if they were not happy, they wouldn't be with me anyway. They're very, very thankful to their parents <laughs> for doing that, for being the boundaries mm -hmm. for them because they can't stand it either. Yeah. You know, they, trust me, they're not right. on their phones at midnight looking through everything because it's a joy. Right. It's no, it's like yes, it's that fear. Of, yeah. Yeah. yeah there it's a fear of missing out. It's like trying to it's it's that fear that desire we have that. Um, oh, my goodness. What is it again? COVID has kind of like blanked out my brain. <laughs> but it, but it's like brain, it's yes. like when we mm -hmm. just that gossipy side of us where we just want to know what's going on with people you know yes and, yeah it's and the like, nosy neighbor syndrome me? yeah it's all of that and <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that's why like we've kids, all turned into uh what is it the mrs kravitz or what are <laughs> she like peers through the window at uh -huh. the neighbors we have all become a mrs kravitz where we want to see what the neighbor is doing and yep. what they're saying at all times we all have a window in our hand peering yep. into the lives of everybody around the world mm -hmm. not just our neighbor across the street now anymore now we can look into the lives of people that we never were uh, in you know would ever be introduced in a normal lifespan right. you know with that's that's crazy i've had parents yeah. say uh, or even post that oh, I'm going through those terrible teen years. I'm going through those terrible teen years. And the things that they describe, I'm like, um, that's not normal. Yeah. <laughs> There's difference between hormone, hormonal, I don't know what to do with my body. I don't know my boundaries. I'm testing mm -hmm. the limits of authority. Those mm -hmm. are things that all children go through. That's a de developmental understanding because babies go through that. You know, yeah. that's hot. Well, I want to touch it anyways to find out for myself. You know, yeah. they it's that thing. But then there's this different, like you said, there's like this different um, air of how they respond whenever you say, I need to have that back or yeah. that's not normal. 
uh, you know, what are some, are there specific things that you're like, you should look out for this to, you can't brush it under the rug as, oh, they're just being teenagers. No. I mean, like, I'm, the number one thing is if overwhelming anxiety. That's what I mm -hmm. just see over and over again where the kid is like, I'm so anxious, their heart starts beating, all of that, because it's, it's very unnatural for us to be connected to other people that much. And yeah. that's, that's gonna how it's going to manifest depression. And then you might say like, like what's abnormal versus not. I mm -hmm. feel like for us, we will know in our hearts as parents. Like I also mm -hmm. never discount the voice of God talking to us. Or if that's you're not right. a believer, your intuition, your inner voice. But mm -hmm. the voice of God is very quiet, right? And when he talks to us, it's it it just kind of moves like it makes you just stop and go like, huh, that's a little odd. That's all I'm saying is listen to it. Listen right. to that. Like, you know, your child, like if your child normally eats this snack and then all of a sudden you bought that snack and it's still sitting on the shelf and, and it makes mm -hmm. for some reason, it just kind of stands out to you. Those are the little things that whenever we go back, we're like, oh, I did notice it there. I did notice it there. Right. And yeah, so it's, it's you know, and so like there's all of the common stuff, like they don't want you to look on their phone or they're very, you know, the changes in behavior or things. But it's, but like, even if they, like, I could say like their friendships, right? Mm -hmm. Are they talking about the same people that they normally talk about? And then all of a sudden they stop talking about them. And then somebody else's name comes up and it makes you stop and think, you're like, hey, what happened? It's those mm -hmm. kind of things that you just have to be aware of because you know your child the best, right? Yes. Every mm -hmm. single kid is so different. Some kids, they love being alone in their room. Just They don't have computers or anything. They're playing music or they're reading a book and they just need that quiet. But for another kid, that's not a good sign. Right. So it's, it's like you know your child the best. But it is about open communication, keeping your heart pure before the Lord so that he will talk to you through it, too. And mm -hmm. um, and letting your kids come and talk to you and not not letting them feel like you're going to lecture them or put, get them in trouble or anything like that. And just right. keep and just keep it going like that and always talking to them about social media. Yeah, that I think that laying those ground rules of if I give you this then you need to know that I'm going to ask you to set it down at a certain time or it's not allowed at the dinner table or, you know, we have timeouts for it or I'm going to know what you're looking at um, to mm -hmm. create some kind of healthy boundary mm -hmm. and teaching them the importance of having, um, it's like internet safety. You mm -hmm. have to safeguard because there's so many predatorial disguised as innocence. Yep. Um, people out there that their their motives are to destroy your family through your children by taking mm -hmm. your children it's like cyber kidnapping basically mm -hmm. <laughs> you know they're the man in the van saying hey little kid can I have a candy but it's it's a video game it's yeah. not a van outside your house anymore no it's a video right. game no you know very, yes you're very right it's scary it is scary mm -hmm. and it's just mm -hmm. Like to some degree, like, you know, you're not going to be able to keep your kids off the Internet. I find it even somewhat um, ironic, like there are Christian families out there um, where they live very conservative lives where they're like, you know, we're pure here. We dress this way. We do it like this. We don't let the kids on. But in an mm -hmm. effort to 
to cut things out or avoid the world, um, they are very much on the internet because let's say that's how they make their living, right? Right. And right. so, like, even that shows me because I know that there's this one particular Christian family who has a lot of um, a ministry and a lot of books, but they make all of their money online doing mm. tech, right? Mm-hmm. And so that means that they're online. And how do you then not have your kids online? Because right. you're even in the process of teaching the next generation how to do that kind of work. They're going to see things. Exactly. And so it's like, it's just about like continual communication, openness. And mm-hmm. it comes down to also ourselves as examples, what you do. That's true. Right. Yes. Like that's huge too. You can't be looking at inappropriate things, even if it, you know, I'm not saying that it's terrible stuff, but there are a lot of bad things on the internet. And oh, yeah. you're enjoying it too, and all this like foul language or whatever, and think your kids aren't going to be like picking that up. Like they know what you're looking mm-hmm. at too. Oh yes, so. I always tell um, parents, or they're like, "Well, what? What do you watch? What do you do?" I'm like, I only watch things that I know. If my kids are walking through the room, I don't have to turn it off mm-hmm. to because I'm like, "Oh, they're going to be exposed to something." If no. I feel that way, then I shouldn't be watching it myself. You shouldn't be wa- exactly. Now, if, if I'm turning something off, it's usually because I'm pausing it so I can hear you. So my attention, I'm not halfway listening. I'm looking at my show because I don't want to miss anything. That's what the pause button's for. Mm-hmm. Your child walks in the door and they want to talk to you. Turn it off and listen to your child. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. the only time I turn off a, a program. Um, but yeah, it's that same because they'll lead by example. Now let's get back to our program. What a minister yeah. said... What a minister said that whatever you do, no matter what it is, good or bad, your child more than likely will do it in excess. Mm-hmm. Where if you develop these great habits of cleaning the house and um, hygiene and all this stuff, your child will take it to the next level and make sure that they do it all the time because you've you've implemented it. You showed them by example, but mm-hmm. that that also goes for toxic traits. You know, always, think of the always. scripture given it shall be given unto you good measure pressed down shaken together men shall heap into your bosom it's the mm-hmm. same thing it's like if you give but it's not necessarily money it could be it could be pride if you give mm-hmm. pride it should be heaped, you know if you give gluttony if you give hate if you give fear it shall be given unto you good measure pressed down shaken together shall men heap into your bosom so yeah it's it's, yeah. it's you hate to say like monkey see monkey do but it really it truly is. If you don't really set the is. precedence. Mm-hmm. It really is. And actually that, then, that reminded me something else too, because when they got their phones and I had my phones, I actually, I let my kids have full access to my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I yeah. don't, there's nothing on there that also then that there's nothing on there. So sometimes like, they'll be like, Oh, what time is, you know, aunt coming over and they know they can just go on my phone and look. Cause there's nothing I'm hiding. And so right. I, um, I'm not talking about like a five-year-old, but even with a five-year-old, they can go on your phone. But I've, if I have already told mm-hmm. them and taught them that anything you put out on the internet is public, okay? Mm-hmm. Like you cannot yeah. think you erase something and it's not. And there are plenty of examples that show it. It is nothing is private. Nothing is ever deleted. Ever. So from the beginning, since I had access to their phone, I also allowed them access to mine. I don't do anything on there That's good. That, mm-hmm. is, that I'm ashamed of. Once in a while, even with that, um, I'll, they'll read something maybe I wrote to my husband. But even with that, I'm like, <laughs> if my kids can't read that, 
it sh- I yeah. shouldn't be putting it in text anyway. Like right. that's the way I see it. I if I mm-hmm. wouldn't want it splayed out and like you know Apple got hacked and like everything, as we mm-hmm. know it does. Mm-hmm. So it's that same thing, and they know that, and they also know in turn I can check their phone. Um, right. And and um, and I and I'm sure it's been made easier because of just the culture in our own family. I have access to my husband's phone. I'll read his friends' texts, you know, like that oh, kind yeah. of thing. And he does oh, yeah. mine. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that we're like afraid of anything. It's more like, oh, what did they say about this? Like, what did they? Yes. You know? and that <laughs> kind of exactly thing, and that's fine. Yeah. So, right. so that's another way too to keep that communication open with your kids. You're, you're mm-hmm. like teaching them by example that nothing is ever really hidden. Yes. That is so, that is so true. Now, what age do you think it's appropriate to start allowing your child? Cause I know there's like a psychological age where it's not good for the development of your kid to be on. I wouldn't say like using tablets or anything. That's a whole nother subject, mm-hmm. but being on actual social media where you're bombarded with so many opinions, comments, you know, stuff like that. What age do you think mentally is okay for them to be able to handle it honestly it's not until in my opinion until around 16 17 that's that's, just the truth that's the age where i was just even thinking because yeah that's just the truth it's it's any time because any time before that they still don't have a strong sense of self and they are still developing i can't and so in case anybody wants to come at me for that i have i have nothing to do with (laughs) child development i'm just telling you yeah, just because social media was created, it doesn't mean that like our genes were all reset and, you know, to be able to deal with it. But 12, right. 13, 14, they're absorbing. Prior to that, they're absorbing everything from their parents on what they're, you know, what they're like. Are they worthy? All of that. And as Christians, then we also pass on to our children what God thinks of them. Right. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as they turn that preteen age then what happens? Everybody knows they, they become more friend centric, right? They become more focused mm-hmm. on their friends and the world. Now they want to know, am I a good worker? They love compliments from other people. They want to know what other people think of them. And so you right. unleash social media at that point, they're going to learn what other people are thinking of them. And so it's a very precarious age. So it's yeah. just truthfully, I get it that it would be almost impossible to keep them off. But at the same time, that's just by around 16, 17, they've, been through the difficult parts of growing up and I think we can all remember that and you're a little bit more firm a little bit more set in who you are what you like that kind of thing and then you're able to go forward and take the pressure and the negativity a little bit better yes for sure I was thinking like I remember being 12 13 years old in the late 80s early 90s and remembering being so enthralled by, you know, Bop magazine and wanting to have posters of boys on my wall and, you know, and crying over boys and just being so ridiculously (laughs) emotional (laughs) over someone I will never meet in a, you know, ever in my whole entire life, but being so enthralled by that. And because we all know what it's like being just completely hormonal and just, Mm -hmm. again, not, not knowing what to do with your body. And yeah. being completely influenced, yeah. thinking that, you know, Kirk Cameron is going to be my boyfriend one day, you know, <laughs> just thinking, just being just overly just involved in that one person's life because you love growing pains as a kid. 
right you know the tv show not the actual physical <laughs> but, uh-huh. but um and then i think about and I, then i back to like when my mom was a kid and the Beatles came out and how girls just screamed over the Beatles and just wanted to be a part of their lives during yeah. that age they would just cry you know you see these girls throwing themselves on Michael Jackson's car as he's leaving hotels mm-hmm. I'm like yeah. that attitude that mental state is still there uh-huh. but now we've ad- thrown these children who have a tendency to overly invest themselves in non-reality people and we throw them into a world where people will prey on that yeah and completely influence that so yeah the older the better where they can kind of just separate the real from the fiction a Mm -hmm. little bit better and have a little bit more control over their hormones and emotional state Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. And it, you know, and I, and I keep saying like, I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but like mm-hmm. you don't get, nobody gets away with, with getting through this unscathed, like parenting, right. like nobody oh, gets gosh. through parenting yeah. unscathed. <laughs> right. You're going to work at one point mm-hmm. or another. Mm-hmm. And it may be so hard to keep them off of social media, to monitor, spend all that time tamping it down, but then it will be easier yeah. for you later. But because right. if you if you take the easier route and you don't monitor it and your kids are on it and, and you don't and some kids like some kids are completely fine. Like right. they really like, you know, they, these are the kids who have never cared about being playing alone on the playground, even when they were little, like that kind of thing. Right. 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 And so there could be those kids and, you know, your child best again. But like if you just don't monitor it, don't know your child or even when you do know your child and you give in to them when it, it goes against your um, doubts and your and, you know, your own concerns, mm-hmm. then you will pay for that later. You will work right. again later, right? When oh, they, yeah. when all the other problems and situations come up, you'll have to deal with it then. So mm-hmm. it's like you take it now or later kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was uh, sitting there thinking about how it has progressed, like certain things that I even ignored that because I, I thought, oh, my kids are good. You know, they're he's fine. And then because I didn't jump on that first when the Holy Spirit said, check on him. Mm. And I brushed it off as like, well, well, we don't do that here, you know, like, <laughs> or, or like, I've been really careful. Uh, whatever thought I went through, I did, I, I paid for it later. Well, Ryan and I both we were like, okay, we got to get on the same page here. What are we going to do with this kid? Mm. You know? yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's overly emotional invested in, in this, in this moment. And he's just going down this, not a dark path, but it was a path that we can see if it left was left unchecked, mm-hmm. then other things could compound compound on top of it and mm-hmm. turn into something very toxic and not and not um, healthy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, going that segue right into the next um, topic of you know I we have having that support system of I have my husband I can say hey I'm going to get your father in on this and and um, and kind of be a team effort when you don't have that um, and you're a single mom, what are some suggestions you give to moms who are out there or even dads who are out there and kind of turned into a, well, it, you know, I don't have time 
to do this. But so the internet has kind of been this kind of surrogate parent Mm -hmm. in some situations. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it play out that way where they allow their children to be influenced by certain people where they think it's positive and they see that these people have a social media page or whatever, um, kind of like it takes a village to raise your child scenario, but it obviously you can't just leave it at that door and expect things to go exactly how you expect them to be. So no. how, how do you do that as a, as a single parent? Cause I know there's some listening to mm-hmm. with that kind of lack of support where you feel like, well, I'm all alone. How do I do this? How do I, you know, how do I get my kid to give up their phone? And it's just me. Yeah. That's where I do believe that God gives special grace to people who need it for their situations. So for example, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily have that, but that single mom or dad would, right? But this is where then I I have said like, if you really have no support that you cannot change because I have even suggested to some people that they move closer to family, right? Like Mm -hmm. some people around them because I have the greatest respect for single parents. I don't know how they do it. They are, they carry the weight of the world on their shoulders. And I wish them all of God's grace and strength. But raising children, it really does take a family and not just the mom and dad, but grandparents, aunts, uncles. We all have to support each other in raising children. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's just the truth. Like the whole American society where it's just the nuclear of the mom, dad, and the kids. It's so impossible, like the standards that they have these days for a mom and a dad that I don't even know where they come up with this because like, it's not humanly possible for just one or two people to do all of that, much less one person. Right. And, and yet we seem to think that it should be possible. Well, no, it's not <laughs> yeah, possible. No. It's just not. Um, mm-hmm. Like for two people to do it, you need absolute support. And I do think it, that's how it was meant to be. But so like I've even suggested people if they have that opportunity to consider to move back. And and sometimes they're like, I never even thought of that. But I'm like, yeah, like to move back close to family who are willing to help you. That might be something if you can't if you don't have that. Then the other thing is to list down your priorities and, Mm -hmm. and spend some time actually listing them down and about how you want to move, like what are your priorities with your kids? So for example, you may be so exhausted that you may not have the time. You may be like, you know what? Teaching them how to cook is not on my to-do list. And that's totally fine, believe it or not. No matter what people say, that actually is okay because there's the internet. They can figure that out later. You see, the internet does have good things too. But more of like, what is it the most important? So you may have to spend that time talking to, you know at night you instead of teaching them how to cook and then causing all that not that that's a bad thing i'm just saying don't add more work that is not right. necessary it's write down your priorities yeah. and it may very well be spending that 30 minutes just sitting on the sofa talking folding mm-hmm. laundry together maybe or and so and with that though then it is to understand what's going on in your child's life and then how do you prioritize from there are they struggling that much what can we do how important is it to me that um, that my child, who is so easily influenced, because some kids are more easily influenced than others, yeah. is not falling into peer pressure and things like that? If that's very important to you, then you're going to have to get rid of other things and support that. It is. It's. 
it, you know, it's actually kind of more falls under like productivity, you know, like whenever yeah. they say like list the top three things that you got to get done that day. For me with parenting, mm-hmm. it's the same thing I ask. What are the top three priorities for your children by the time they turn 18 and leave your home? Right. Like, like, and, and, um, and then from there, it's, it's like, when you clarify that it's easier to make some decisions. It is so important for me then that they love, uh, going to church, for example, then Mm -hmm. that's going to have to, um, take precedence over other things, right? Maybe sports, (laughs) which I've talked about before and things like that. And so it's just prioritizing things and, and then focusing on the most important things. And I've talked about this before, um, but Ben Carson, his book, Gifted Hands, I think that's it. I read yes. that a long time mm-hmm. ago with my kids. And that one, that one actually um, encouraged me as a homeschooling mom more than anything. The things nice. that his mother did, he was not homeschooled, but the ideas that she had her priorities for her kids and she implemented them. You know, like she, she monitored them, even though she wasn't home. And it was just so inspiring for me as a mom, because as a homeschool mom, when I read that, I was like, wow, she like managed to to educate her kids, even without Mm -hmm. all the curriculum and things like that. And that gave me a different perspective, but that I hope can encourage parents to say that it can be done, list out your priorities, pick the top three that you want for your kids before they leave home and then work toward that. Yeah. Yeah. That is so good. Having that, um, groundwork laid and it's not, it's, it's never too late to start because Mm -hmm. I think all kids, um, have this innate want. They, it's like just built in our DNA and it stays with to be protected, to be seen and to be heard. Mm Um, having that even stopping and if you have to humbly and this goes for all parents i'm not just singling out single moms or dads this is for everybody being able to say i'm sorry that i dropped the ball Mm. Um, but we as a family we need to get our priorities right and right now with your mom and i or me as a mom or me as a dad kid you're my priority Raising you to the best of my ability, providing for you, protecting you is my priority. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that you have the tools needed to succeed in life and mm-hmm. not have all these handicaps that when you look back at your life and like, why didn't mom tell me to stop? Or why mm-hmm. didn't dad um, ground me when I obviously needed somebody to stop me from going out with those friends or, mm-hmm. or whatever, um, all kids long for that. We we yeah. see that in adults all the time that my parents didn't care about me. They didn't care where I went. So obviously that's why I'm the way I am. You know, right. we have this, you know, or they passively joke about it. And it's like, well, that's going to be, he's going to be talking about that in therapy when he gets older. You know, we, <laughs> we say these things, you know, like it just as so passing because we all initially have that need to have that structure where we're told no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do. We, we, yeah. Anybody who thinks that people just need freedom and no boundaries, like, no, we don't. We all need yeah, boundaries. No. We all need structure. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. yeah. We all, we all need it. We do. Yeah. Uh, so both of you, both you and I have, um, grown kiddos. And even though we've, uh, uh, we're still, we're still t- parenting. I mean, it doesn't stop. I don't think it will ever stop, honestly. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the, the not the roller coaster that I did not pay, you know, <laughs> pay tickets for, but I'm still in buckled in. Um, as mm-hmm. our kids get older and then leave home, you know, how do you navigate now allowing them to free to let go? You've put in all this time, you've put in all this effort, and now you've done all these steps. How do you free your heart to say, you know, I trust you. I, I got it. You got it. Bye. <laughs> <sighs> Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> just, kidding. just kidding. Yeah. But, but it's still like, okay, so this speaks more for me. This is where I am right now. You know, uh-huh. uh, I have a 22 year old. And then of course mm-hmm. I said, I said almost 17. And I was just seeing him like, and he makes great choices. He's a great kid, but that whole, oh, I hope, that you made, I hope that you're not doing, I hope you're not going back on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting, yeah. getting that, getting those, those anxious thoughts out of yeah. your head. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, uh, yeah, I'm in it. I'm I, in it. I'm still there. <laughs> yeah. And this is where I would have to say that I get it. And it is scary sometimes. Um, and mm-hmm. so like one of, um, like, in fact, my one son, uh, they both, so I have my daughter who graduated in 2019. So she's already been out working now for three years and she's doing great. And then my twin sons graduated this past May. Um, mm. And the one just moved to Nashville. Um, he wow. graduated college and all that, but he just moved to, uh, to check out the music scene to see if this is what he wants to do and to yeah. see where God may lead him. But of course, and he, he has already, he's saved, he's declared his faith in the Lord, and he is a good, honorable, godly young man. But I also know that he's human. And so, of right. course, I'm worried. Like, I'm just worried. I'm his mother. Yeah, so there, there's two parts to this. And that one is that you actually then, as a mom, has to have to find your self-care. For me, I have to tell you, in the past, like, uh, it's been so cold up here. Like, I'm talking, like, sometimes it was 10 degrees out and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I have to <laughs> exercise. And when I walk, I walk, walk, walk by myself outside. I pray. Mm-hmm. And there's something about that that helps me to release. So I've gone. So when my son was like, I was like, I was, I've gone from like tearing up and worry, worry, worry. about like, oh, he doesn't know anyone there. What's going to happen to right. having peace? Okay. To having peace. Mm. Because then I, I can like rail against the gates of heaven and say, Lord, like, you know, like what if he, we don't know anyone out there. And what if he falls in with the, not a bad crowd, but I'm worth worried about like theological, <laughs> like, you know, like what church is right. it going to go to? Yeah, like, is like it going to be a about. church that's mm-hmm. like, pull him away a little bit? Like, what's it going to be? And it could, things like that. And, um, and so with that though, I have to keep laying it before the Lord. And then God, yeah. I, I could feel him saying he You've raised him, but he's my son and Mm. I will take care of him. And I, then I think about the people in the scriptures. I think about the people I know. And ultimately when I want my son, I know what I would continually want for him, which is to become a godly man, even more so, and to keep growing in his faith. And what that's going to take is that's going to take struggle and suffering on his part too. Mm -hmm. Right. The Bible yeah. tells us that Jesus says, like, in this world, you will have suffering. Like, if you're my disciple, you're going to suffer. And then I have to release that. And I have to say, you know, I think about it. And my son is going to have to go through that, those things. And if mm-hmm. God 
as long as God is watching over him, he's going to be okay. And it's going right. to, I wouldn't even want, to, I've gotten to the point now where I can say, you know what, Lord, I don't even want to get involved in trying to thwart that suffering because I know that you are going to be there through the whole yep. way and at the end. And so I yeah. have to keep my mind on that. So there is that care for that. And then that's the other thing is that now that you know what it's like to release your child into the world, I mean, like really release and they're mm -hmm. on their own and working and you don't know who, you know, before, like we knew, I think um, one of the times I had this major, like just crying fit was when my <laughs> daughter left for college and she had, um, I think my, my sister went down to see her and somebody sent me a picture of her. And she was wearing a shirt I didn't recognize because I guess she had bought it while she was at school, which of course is fine. But it made me cry right. because I was like, oh my goodness, up to this point, I've known what she wears every day. And now she's oh, wearing no. this strange shirt. Like, oh, and it was just like, <laughs> it's funny, but that's how it felt. Like, I felt like I yeah. had this knowledge oh, know. of her day-to-day -day life and all of a sudden it wasn't there. And it's, it's, oh, this, it's yeah. just this like <clears throat> realizing that this time has come. Have I mm -hmm. done what I set out to do? Right. And that is, and I keep telling parents this. And one thing that I, when I work with parents, I say, you have until 18. That's the age I use. Your child, even if your child is home at 18, they're going to go to college. They're going to be working, like whatever it may be. You have until 18. Yeah. That minus the age that they are. And sometimes if they're like 13, 14, I'm like, you have four years left with your child. And they're like, oh my that's goodness, right. that's not a lot. And I say, yeah. have you taught them everything you want to teach them mm -hmm. and then they get quiet and they're like no I always thought we had time to implement this or that and I'm like you actually don't you have yeah. to think about this and so it, in order to prepare for that 18 marker again it's same thing as with the single parent think about what your priorities are and work right. toward that so that you have less regret when they mm -hmm. leave and it makes it easier for you. Yeah. I think the worst is when you have regret, like, oh, I wish I had taken them to church more. Oh, I wish I did read to them the Bible. I wish I did. I wish I did. And you can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. You can't undo that. Can't go back in time. You just have to pray that what you did so <laughs> stays in the ground. And it's not thorny ground or anything, but that's right. Yeah. That, that has been my biggest prayer. All the things, all the prayers, all the scriptures, all the all, all of it that we mm -hmm. have sown into our children's life, it doesn't um, get, it wasn't cast upon, you know, just stone. It no. was, it's saturated into their heart and it keeps growing and that God sends people into water so he can increase it, you know, and mm -hmm. plant more. And, and, and so it becomes this garden, but mm -hmm. of course weeds come and it has to be pulled and it has to That's be tended right. and it has to mm -hmm. be conviction and, and, you know, all this stuff has to sometimes conflict in your own flesh and your own yeah. ideals. And you have to yeah. figure out where you stand with God, but yeah. 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 Whole, I mean, yeah, you, yeah. you brought up earlier, you brought up David and Jonathan and even for mm -hmm. David to become the man he did, which even as he was grown and anointed King, we know that he stumbled a lot, but mm -hmm. like, I still think of him, like how his father released him, you know, he went, right. he was out there like watching the <laughs> sheep, which I know that young men did, but that meant that he could have gotten eaten up by animals and he was out mm -hmm. there and then he went to war. I mean, like these things are not easy for parents, but but think about the release that the parents had to give and then 
how he grew in the faith. And it's beyond right. what any parent can ever do because God is their ultimate parent. Yes. Yes. And he's always there and he'll never leave them mm-hmm. or forsake them. That's no. one of the scriptures that I tell uh, Nicholas and Aiden all the time. It's like, no matter mm-hmm. what, God's never going to leave you. No. He's never, ever going to leave you. You just have to acknowledge it in your worst times and in your best times. Always acknowledge that he's there. He's there. And thank him. Thank him for being there. <laughs> Whenever right. you, you, you're in celebration and when you completely goof up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, yes. You know, and we as parents, him. and we as parents thank the Lord for being there because he can watch yes. over them. Unlike us. Yes. Right. Ooh. He's, uh-huh. he's there for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every single time, every single time. Well, this was so great. Thank you so much for all of this great wisdom. And I know this is such an extensive topic and I hope that this is the beginning of a long series that I'm trying to put together with a bunch of you, um, just parenting, um, ministers out there. Um, I, cause I see such a need for Mm. it. Um, with all of the, like I said, the voices that are just being poured out at our kids that especially like we talked about at the beginning, the distorting of scripture and what is real. And they're so charismatic in what they say to be able to have a, a clear path for parents, especially on how to talk to their kids and to navigate through this crazy world that we're mm. living in right now. That's um, awesome that so, you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's cause I know if I mean, like I said, I didn't have, we didn't have social media like it, it is today, yeah. um, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, mm. And so to be able to have something like that to hold on to, that is true word. And, but it just, even just practical, it doesn't have to be overly spiritual. It's just, just truly just even just practical everyday stuff that you can get your hands on. That'll help um, whether you believe in Jesus as your savior or not. These are things mm-hmm. that you can implement in your family um, that could help. And so I'm mm-hmm. so thankful that you were able to jump on here with me, Ruth. And oh, thank um, you. Spend thank your Friday you with me. me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's fun. Always fun talking. Yes, always, always. Um, uh, I want to uh, make sure that everybody uh, follows Ruth and go and check out her TikTok. Yes, we're on TikTok. Um, she's more uh, what you are more what you actually do. You, you give the advice and I'm, I'm on there like a dork, you know, like I'm, I'm literally trying to find my way through TikTok. I just don't know it, but you actually have very great videos of parenting advice and um, almost like a curriculum. It could be for, for what you, for what you give. Like if you condensed it all together, and make like make a like a workbook <laughs> of all your TikTok videos that parents can do like a Bible study. Just a little, you know, oh, bug in your ear. Bug yeah, in your ear I had never that, heard. That, yeah, I'd never heard anyone explain it like that. But that's thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad that you found so much. That's I want to make sure that it's useful. You know, yes. to be that blessing on social media to make the person who sees it to be glad that they're on it. Right, like that kind of yes. thing. So. Oh yes. Every time. If I'm on my people who I follow, I see you all the time. But if I'm on my for you page and I see you pop up like right in, I'm like, yes, I like it before you even say anything. I'm like, love, 
Oh, I know exactly. I'm just going to have to sit here because I know I'm going to need whatever she has to say. Or I know somebody who does. And I send them because most of my cousins and sisters are single moms. Mm. So I send them like, oh, girl, you need to listen to this. Mm. You need to listen to this. This is good <laughs> stuff. So oh, you're being God. shared quite a bit, whether you know it or not. Oh, <laughs> thank not. you. I appreciate it. No, I'm just glad yes, that it's a blessing. Okay, yes. well then that, yeah. yeah. I mean, like lately people have been asking so much about homeschooling. Um, mm-hmm. And I, oh, I'm yeah. thinking like, I'm going to have to make some videos on this because I want people to be able to homeschool, of course. Yes. So, yes. Um, it's, yeah, it's such know. a blessing. But how do you start and how do you do it mm-hmm. um, without being too public schooly? Yeah. If that's a word. Yeah. You don't want to stifle your child um, because the public school system has not really anyways it yeah. is what it is <laughs> yeah that's a whole nother okay wait before i turn into an, another hour of talking because i can that's a that's a soapbox for me uh-huh. but yes thank you again so much i appreciate you i hope you have a blessed day weekend and um i will talk to you soon i appreciate you thank you Thank you guys for listening to Giving Hope. Please be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see y'all next week.